The Influencer's Edge is brought to you by the Invisible Influence Series. If you're ready to massively increase your sales by leveraging the power of subconscious persuasion, then make sure you text the word COMPEL to 411-321. That's COMPEL to 411-321. And if you're outside of the United States, then use WhatsApp and text the word COMPEL to 1-909-741-1321. Make sure you put in your best email address because that's how we'll deliver the goodies. Welcome to the Influencer's Edge. This is the place where you come to get the latest breakthroughs, cutting-edge insights, tools, and techniques to leapfrog over the pack in sales, persuasion, and influence. Be sure you visit our website at www.theinfluencersedge.com. And while you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now sit back, tune in, and enjoy today's episode. All right, welcome back to the Influencer's Edge. We have a great guest today. I'm very excited to be interviewing Ari Galper. He's an extremely intelligent man. We only have bright people on the Influencer's Edge, but this guy pushes the limits of intelligence. So Ari, I'm really, really happy and honored to have you on the show today. Thank you, Paul. Looking forward to being here. So your biography is quite extensive. I'm not even going to pretend that I memorized it because it's extensive. So I'm just going to read it and stop me anytime you think I'm, I'm just droning on here. But Ari Galper is the world's number one authority on trust-based selling. We're going to dive into that, folks. And it's been featured in CEO Magazine, Forbes, Inc. Magazine, Sky News, and the Australian Financial Review. Ari's created a unique and different sales approach based on trust and integrity called Unlock the Game. Designed so the dreadful act of chasing, I'm sure we've all experienced that as professional salespeople, and the painful experience of rejection is eliminated forever. That's something that's been thought of as impossible up until now. And so, um, Ari, let's dive in, if you don't mind. Let's do it. We have the questions that you've submitted, but I want to ask you, first and foremost, you talk about core story. What, what's the core story behind your creation of trust-based selling? But before we go into that, I want to know, what do you mean by trust-based selling? Because we're always taught you have to have no like and trust. So how do you define trust? Sure. So we define trust-based selling in a very different way of traditional selling. So our, our model is all about deep trust. Deep trust is where someone says to themselves, he just gets me. He understands me. It's what I call a moment of vulnerability where they feel comfortable telling you the truth and not playing games with you. You know, games are where you chase people, chase ghosts, follow up, play the numbers game. That's the model that people live in. But our approach is how do you create this moment of vulnerability with someone where they feel this sense that you're the one for them? And that's the, the deep level we're going to today. It almost sounds... I, I'm not being facetious or, or anything like that. It almost sounds like you're romancing them. If that's not correct, please please tell me if it's not correct. But if you're creating that level of vulnerability, it's almost like forming a, a personal relationship where people really have to let go and, and feel that vulnerability and that trust. 
We are connecting to them at a very deep level, but they don't have to like you to do that. This is now, not wait, relationship wait, building. Wait, wait, you know, wait, 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 wait. This go, I love this because this is cutting edge because it's going against the grain of everything that everyone is taught. Everyone's taught no like trust, but you're saying you can go beyond trust into vulnerable without them liking you first. You've got to explain that. I can't let you off the hook for that. That, to me, is cutting edge. So can you unpack that for us? Yeah, that's our whole pivot. So when you, it, it's, a do, it's more of a doctor-patient relationship. So when you go see a doctor, they don't try and become your friend. They don't, want, they don't necessarily try and get you like them. What they do is they say to you, where does it hurt? And you say, my shoulder hurts right here. He says, let me take a look. Ah, let's get an x-ray on this thing. Take a look at it. And he explains you what the problem is. That clarity of understanding your problem is, is what creates that deep sense of he can help me. Because there's no relationship building at all. So they get the sense that you understand them deeply, unlike any competition or anyone else who's approached them with pitches and any of the rest of it. That's what deep trust is, is the other person feels understood by you. Now, here's my question. How do you, how do you get them, and this is going to sound strange, how do you get them vulnerable enough to be vulnerable with you? It's obviously something that people are frightened of, particularly when it has, they have to make a big decision like investing significant amounts of money. How, what is the process by which you do that? Well, it's so interesting that you say that because I'm working on a new book this year called The One Call Sale that maps that oh, process out. Well, I love that. Can you give us a little sneak peek? Sure. So I figured out over the last few years uh, with my private clients how to compress a sales cycle from multiple steps to one single conversation. Whoa. Where you get on board. Yeah, it's, it's a major bomb in the industry. That's correct. It's, it's almost hard to believe because we're so conditioned to believe it's all about the next step, the follow-up, multiple steps. It's all about the See, we're all conditioned to believe it's all about this long cycle. Once they get to know and like you and follow up with you, then it'll all happen. Well, that's, that's crap because we discovered the sales lost at the beginning of the process and not the end anymore. Whoa. Let me see. I'm going to repeat that. The sale is lost at the beginning of the process and not at the end anymore. This is so brilliant. I'm, I'm going to big you up, as my English friends say, because people just have lost their focus and they're so distracted by too many choices and their smartphones. They don't have, you don't have time, I think, to build trust. This is brilliant. If you really can follow through on what you promise, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what you have as an offer at the end, but whatever it is, they better, if they're smart and an ounce of brain in their skull, they better reach out and contact you and sign up for it. I want you to be my mentor and teach me how to do this. So what, going into this, what is your mindset? Before you tell me the technique of applying this and getting people to have that one sales, one call sell, and, and what is your mindset going in? What do you have to prepare emotionally? Well, the, 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 there's, there's two components here. There's a mindset shift, and there's trust-based languaging, languaging to connect with people. And the mindset shift essentially is where you're thinking, your mindset saying to yourself, I'm not sure we're a fit or yet. And that's a genuine. My black belt students. Yeah, no, because you're you're selecting them. 
They are not to be selecting you. You're the doctor. They're the patient. This is not a shopping trip where they say, hey, I'm looking for other information. See, we're conditioned to just when they say jump, we say how high because we're in sales. Oh, I can help you with that. But we've commoditized ourselves. We're doing the same behavior over and over again, and people know the game, and they're playing the game. If you don't shift that approach to what I'm talking about today, you'll be stuck in that chasing process, which is really dehumanizing and really uncomfortable. For both people, for the seller, for the person doing the selling, and the prospect, it is dehumanizing. It's a tragedy. How in the world? Okay, you have taken sales and spun it on its head with a completely different perspective. So I have to ask you, before we unpack a little bit more of what this trust-based selling is, and how someone would get started doing it. I've got to unpack. When people make great discoveries, as you've obviously made, there's a process to it. So did it dawn on you one day in one huge piece, like it was, like Mozart came up with a symphony, supposedly just wrote it all down? Was it a, I see you smiling. So obviously the question is resonating with you. Or was it a long process of thinking through trial and error? How the hell did you come up with this? It happened to me in one story, one incident. Tell us. You've got to tell us. About 20 years ago, I was a software, I was a, a sales manager in a software company. We launched the first online website tracking data tools. Now it's called Google Analytics. But back then, we, 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 we launched the first company around that. And um, I was managing 18 people underneath me at the time. Fast-growing business. The big opportunities came across my desk, the big leads. So I got this one phone call came through. I took the phone call. Uh, this guy said, hey, how's it going? He's with a big, huge company, lots of websites. They're interested in our products. So we agreed to a conference call and a demo the, the same week. And if I close this one sale, it will double the business in one transaction. That's how big it was. It's a huge business. You recognize the name of the company. And so they agreed to a conference call Friday, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I'll never forget it. I'm in the conference room with my CEO. I closed over behind me, big, long conference table. Uh, the old school speaker phones, you know, the Star Trek looking. I remember those. <laughs> Um, hit the speaker phone, hit the speaker phone, dial tone comes up. I dial the number. He picks it up. He says, Hey, Ari, how's it going? I said, great. He says to me, Ari, let us tell you who else is here with us on the line today. I said, great. Next thing I hear is my name is Mike. I'm CEO. I was like, Ooh, this is good. My name is Chris. I'm head of global IT. This is even better. My name is Julia. I'm head of global marketing. Amazing. Everybody on this call was a decision maker. Fantastic. It's all going to happen. It's all going to happen today because they're all there, right? So I was like, this is good. So uh, I introduced myself, explained what we did. Uh, we logged in together on a web webinar to show them what it looks like to see their website and all the information. I started walking them through it step by step. And I started hearing this noise on the phone call like, wow, this is great. This is amazing. They start asking me all kinds of questions. How does it work? How do we solve it? Who are your, who, you know, who are your clients? And of course... I had all the answers. I was competent. I was friendly. I was relationship-oriented. There was so much chemistry on this phone call, Paul. It was like a love fest on the phone. Ah. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> they got the questions. I got the answers. There was so much chemistry. I was like, this is the perfect sales call. There's no resistance. It was perfect timing for everyone. An hour goes by. They're loving it. Call comes to a close. My guy says to me, Ari, this is great. We love it. Look, give us a call a couple of weeks, follow up with us, and we'll move this thing forward. And I was like, oh, thank you, God. Like, what a dream come true. 
and I took my hand to the off button. As I'm reaching for the off button, by complete accident, I hit the mute button instead of the off button. They were right next to each other. And a small click happened, and they thought I hung up the phone. In that split second, a voice inside of me says, Ari, go to the dark side. Be a fly on the wall. Go where no one's ever gone before in the world of selling. So I pulled my thumb back for a couple of seconds. They started talking amongst themselves, thinking I had left the call. Now, this is not a trick question, but what would you imagine they would have said after a call like that? What would you expect them to say after a call like that? I would expect them to say, this guy's fantastic. How do we get the contract prepared? How do we pay him? This is amazing. Let's get him before he goes with somebody else. That's exactly what I was expecting to hear. But let me share with you what I heard verbatim, word for word. I'll never forget it. It's why we're all here today. Here's what they said. They said, we're not going to go with him. Keep using him for more information and make sure we shop someplace else cheaper. Knife in heart twist. I was in a state of shock. I couldn't believe it. I snapped out of it, hit the off button, flipped the wall, I said to myself, what did I do wrong? I was competent. I was professional. I studied the sales books. I was mentored by sales guru. I did everything I was supposed to do by the book. And the first big epiphany hit me, and that was this, that somewhere along the way, it has become socially acceptable not to tell the truth to people who sell, right? It's okay to say things like, sounds good, send me information, I'm definitely interested. Oh, wait, send me a, send me a proposal without any intention of doing what? Following through. Buying. Buying. Yeah. I was like, I was like yeah. what is going on here? And then I realized it hit me like a lightning bolt. There is an invisible flow of pressure that flows underneath every step of your sales process in your conversations. And unless you're aware of that pressure and you remove it from the conversation, you'll always play this game with people where they'll hold back from you. They'll only give you what I call service level information and they'll never tell you the truth. You'll always be tasting it. Can I give you a compliment here and unpack and tell me if I'm getting this right? This flies in the face of saying if you get rapport with people at the beginning, it relieves any sense that they're being pressured because they're in rapport with you. They'll believe what you say. They'll trust you. And I love this. We use uh, we drop non-family friendly terms here. I love it that you're calling the bullshit on that and saying that uh, hypothetically, theoretically, that's true. But in reality, it's not. This is why I wanted to have you on the show, because you are on the cutting edge of what actually works and you don't buy into the bullshit. This is amazing, that invisible flow of, of, of pressure. I've never heard her put that way. It's brilliant. So continue. You had this, this aha and oh, holy shit moment. Where did you take it from there? What was your process? Then I realized that something has to change. I cannot allow myself and other people suffer like this and get lied to and play the numbers game and get dejected. It's, in, it's inhuman to do this. So I decided to finally make a shift and realize what was required here was a mindset shift away from the goal of the sale. Instead, to the ability to craft the code and build a deep trust of people where they feel comfortable and vulnerable opening up to you and telling you where they stand so you together with them can decide if you're a fit or not, which means the sales process is not about the end goal anymore of the sale. The goal is, are you a fit or not, which changes your whole mental framework for how you approach the call. Then I added a whole new layer of what I call trust-based languaging, not scripting, 
words or phrases to use to activate this in a real conversation so it becomes instant. Uh, and then that's when the whole thing blew up into, you know, two decades of a huge following uh, and making lives, you know, more successful. Well, let's back up because, again, I'm always fascinated by process. You're obviously a creative genius. You're an inventor. You stand outside the traditional uh, ways of thinking. And so I want to ask you, what was your process? We'll get into what are this. What did you call the languaging again, sir? Trust-based languaging. All right. We'll get into some examples of that that I hope you'll be kind and generous enough to share with our audience. But I want to know, what was your process to figuring out what that trust-based language is and who is your who are some of your influences, if, if any, to help you create that? Well, there is a one major shift and in influence that happened to me that made this crystal clear. Uh, at the time, I was just getting married, and uh, we had our first son. Uh, his name is Toby. And after a couple of days after he was born, we were told that he had Down syndrome. And at first, we weren't sure what that meant to our lives. We realized what? we had a gift on our hands. If you know someone that has Down syndrome, you know how they're beautiful people. They're, yes. they're loving. Yes. They're transparent. They have yes. no hidden agenda. They're yes. pure in their soul. Totally. And, and he influenced me so much. Uh, as his father and how he's growing up, I wrote a book about him called Lessons from Toby, and I began to identify what was that made him so special. It, it was that he did not have a hidden agenda. And I took his philosophy of how he views the world and embedded that inside my approach, and that became the inertia that drives us today and never ends. I'm going to ask to pause there because I'm getting emotional. So give me a minute. I never get emotional in anything, but this is so beautiful. This and I hope, you know, my end of the show is to touch the intellect of people, but this is touching my heart. This is really, really deeply heartfelt and profoundly touching your ability to take your, to take what opened your heart and use it to inspire your intellect. This is, um, it's, it's genius. Thank you for sharing, for you letting me share my vulnerability with you in the audience. Please continue this. Please continue. Well, he showed me the roadmap. He, he, he gave me the vision of how to go about starting to build this thing out. And uh, to this day, he's, he's, he, you know, he's our hero. But the point is that I realized that he's the role model. He's how we should become. And here we are struggling with this game going on with people, lack of communication, not connecting with people at a deep level, and, and two ships in the night passing each other in the sales process, and all this wasted time and money, doesn't have, and this pain doesn't have to happen if we just learned how to connect with people at a deeper level and get rid of all the games. Uh, and you, you, do it, you can do it elegantly. You don't have to be crass about it. It can be done with love and, and warmth, and I'll, we'll talk about that. But if people could just let go of their own agenda of trying to make their own sale and go deep in the other person's world and unpack their issues. There's this instant moment where the other person says to themselves, he just gets me. He just something about him. Just he's in my world. He's not a love it. Here's a question for you. And again, I like to look at things from different perspectives and different angles. How do you do that without getting sucked in to the other person's story about why I, I understand what you're talking about. One of the brilliant things I see in what you're doing is you're shifting the frame. The frame is not, I've got to get the sale. The frame is, do they genuinely make a fit or not? I get it. So in a sense, you're presenting yourself as someone of value right out of the chute because you're coming from a different place. So you're sort of changing it. Am I getting that correctly? 
I'm sending the message that I'm immovable. I'm not going anywhere. Uh, my life will not end if we don't work together. I, I, I'm only here to diagnose your problem and identify if I can help you or not. And if I can't help you, we'll disengage. See, I'm already saying up front that there's no next steps. And you language it? Okay, let's get into the languaging itself. So can you give us some examples without giving away uh, the whole treasure chest? If you can open it up and let us see the glow of the gold, can you give us some, some language that you would use, for example, in the beginning of the process? Well, let me give you a classic one, a classic moment that might be a bit of a bomb for everyone hearing this today. For those who have been in sales for a long time, uh, I'm going to ask everyone who's watching and listening now to remove one phrase forever from your vocabulary and never, ever use it again after today. And here it is. Never again use the, raise, the phrase follow-up ever again in your career, verbally or on email, ever again, wow. ever. I'm sure if I had them all raise their hand, everyone would say, I used that last week. I called someone. I'm going to follow What's the only industry in the world that uses the word follow-up? Hi, I'm going to follow-up. Who does that only? Sales. Right. So you're immediately associating yourself with that negative stereotype by what the words you're using. When you say follow-up, they, they, they feel like you're chasing them. There's a few more classics from the 80s that we still use all the time. Remember those classic? I'm calling to touch yes. base. Or, or the reason for my call today is click. Or, or, or checking in. Uh-huh. See, we're so conditioned with the old behaviors and models, we have not updated, upgraded our software to the modern age. So here's what you say instead. You say, I'm giving you a call to see if you have any feedback on our previous conversation, any feedback on our last meeting, any feedback on a proposal. So you're not going forward, you're going backwards, away from the sale, because your job is not to create momentum. Your job is to move, the minute you try to move them forward, it's over. They've already snapped in their brain, go up. Oh, all he cares about is moving forward. He cares about himself. But when you say, I'm just giving you a call to give you feedback on our conversation, watch what happens. They just start to unravel. They go, well, I, and that one change in languaging allows you now to connect around their issues. It's, it's. Uh, I'm not going to drop the F-bomb. It's effing genius. <laughs> so, again, this is brilliant. And you've told us your inspiration came from Toby, your your beautiful son. My question, if I could go back a step, is, all right, but what, uh, that's all good. I get it. And not but. How did you come up with the process of figuring out these specific pieces of language? Do you understand what I'm saying? The question is, uh, it, it, down, we're digging yeah, down. Yeah, so that. That was coming up, that, that built, the language set grew and grew and grew over the last 20 years of working with thousands of people, entrepreneurs and business owners one-on-one to identify how best to relanguage a moment or a scenario where they, they, they drop the ball. Like, for instance, I want to think about it. Where should we go? You know, your price is too high. All these moments of like, ah, I had to relanguage it to, to, to diffuse it and re-engage to preserve the moment. I'll give you an example. Let's say you're on a phone call with somebody for the first time, a prospect, all right? And there's good conversation. They're, they're qualified, good chemistry. You're excited about it. The call comes to a close. Normally, what do we say to someone at the end of a call like that when they're an opportunity and you can tell they're a good fit? We say things like what? How about we? How about we get started and uh, you'll give me your credit card if you really have done about it? 
or how about we get an agreement signed and let's get going or something along yeah how about we we do something to move this darn thing forward right See, we're conditioned when we hear sense an opportunity our instinct is move them towards a sale but if you do that and they aren't ready yet to move forward you've broken trust with them right from the beginning so same scenario our approach at the end calls going well good chemistry all looks good call comes through close rather saying hey how about we move forward what we say instead is this we say where do you think we should go from here and that makes it easier. where Where do you think do you think we should go from here and you use that tonality and pacing you have to slow it down because momentum creates pressure. Pressure puts the guard up and now you're in the black hole of chasing people. because You never get the truth. But when you say to somebody, where do you think we should go from here? They're usually in a state of shock. <laughs> they can't believe they can't believe someone would actually Deal with them in a normal, natural way. It's it's unheard of in business to ask someone that question. And they, when you know what happens, they just say things like, "Oh, I, I've got one more question," or well, "What about this?" You know, what comes out the truth, and that's your goal. Your goal is not the sale at first. Your goal is the truth. How to take that moment and flip it right from the beginning. So you're not chasing people who just carry you on forever and never call you back. This is genius. And, and uh, again, it's going to seem like I'm, I'm blowing smoke up your rear, but I'm not. It's genuine genius. And I think this almost sounds like it's applicable in any area of life. If you, don't tr- if you don't chase people and put your agenda and make them feel that invisible flow of pressure, they're going to far more likely – open up and give you their own reasons why they want to move forward. And it will be generally be their own decision, not something that you've slicked them into or tricked them into. And I would think and correct me if that would be far more likely for them, because I always say you're never selling your product or service. You're always selling decisions and good feelings about decisions. If they feel good about the process, I would imagine Ari, they're far more likely to give you referrals without you even asking. They're not buying your solution. They're buying you first. You can't get that part right. It's over, man. You get out of the game. Wow. See, the, see, the whole time they're 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 not saying to themselves, "Oh, what's the solution? Can I see?" Some? See, we think they want to see our solution, but what they're really asking themselves the whole time is this: Do I trust him? Do I trust him? Do I trust him? But see, we we can't wait to show them the solution. Let me show what I got. You're going to love it. It's great. Let me show you a demo. Oh, I can help you with that. See, our instinct is to jump to this. It's like, it's like the doctor. The doctor has to diagnose the problem first before even writing a prescription. But what do we do in sales? We say, hey, I, I, got, I, I can show what I, I can help you with that. We write the prescription first. We, we're so excited because we finally slap them on the hook that we lose all sense of trust building. I once heard someone say, one of my mentors, I don't remember who it is, maybe it was Dan Kennedy, one of those people, said, it's not the person who presents the solution who makes the sales. The person who presents the most accurately or perceived as the accurately 
best accurate diagnosis that's going to create the trust that's going to lead to the person selling themselves. So it sounds to me that a lot of this is a genuine intent, a genuine intent to see if it's a fit. And then that leads to a process of where you're doing without being, I don't want to say robotic about it, being very heart-centered, doing a diagnostic to see if there really is a fit. Is that an accurate description of what you're doing? Yes, but I will say one thing to clarify the diagnostic process. It's not fact-finding. Tell me more qualified. See, most people in sales think their job is to qualify their customers, ask certain questions to gather data to then determine if they can buy the product or not. And if they can, intellectually, they start moving towards the sales process. See, what we don't, our process is not to fact find. Our process is to trust build. They're two different levels altogether. So imagine an iceberg, right? At the top of the iceberg, what usually happens, most people in business stay at the top of the iceberg. They ask questions. What's your problem? How's it going? They ask certain qualifying questions. And then once they're qualified, their, their brain goes, perfect for me. Oh, my God, I can help this guy. And then everything shifts right to solution mode or, or free or what I call free consulting <laughs> or, free edu- or, or free education. Let me educate you on that. <laughs> I'm sorry for laughing, but I so identify with this. And anyone who's been in sales has had the experience of doing all the free consulting. And then that, that's the end of the conversation. And so, I want, again, I want to put this out there. I get what you're saying. And at some point you do have to do some presentation of the facts of, of what it is that you're, you're, you're offering. It can't just be, I understand the trust building is the foundation and the container for everything that you do. But at some point in the process, you do have to introduce what the technical solution is. Do you understand what I'm asking? So how do you integrate that bit, the fact finding that you do have to do and the facts that you have to present? Well, that, the, 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 the details of your solution comes later down the road, much later than you expect. Well, there's a middle piece. Uh, the uh, middle piece has about uh, Go ahead. Okay, unpack. Uh, 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 you can't – it's impossible to say how, how you quantify much further down the road, but can you unpack? No, what, you- what I mean by that is there's a meta step I created. I developed this unique element called a sales roadmap which is, see, what? here's how the piece of the puzzle go. This comes from my, my, my book. So you, first you go down the iceberg. Okay, you ask the questions to unpack the issues, amplify the gap, have them understand the gravity of their situation. It's almost like a, a therapist and a patient. If the patient doesn't own their own problem, they're never going to want to solve it. It's the same concept here. They have to understand the gravity of the situation, and you have to ask this profound question at the bottom of the iceberg, and here it is. You have to say, is this a priority for you to solve once and for all or is something you're happy to live with for a while and let it go and i'm okay either way Whoa. um all right our guest our galper just gave you ladies and gentlemen a million dollar uh i i don't i don't want i can't quantify it with money that's genius i don't throw that word around lightly uh, do you mind being labeled that, or does that? Uh, are you comfortable with that? Because <laughs> it's genius. This is this is absolute genius. Um, wow, this has actually left me stumped. It, it it's so it's so brilliant. The reason why the reason why Paul, you're so shocked by this in a positive way, is because there's no 
connection to what I want out of this for my, in the process. I, I, I'm like a rock, like, and I teach my clients this not to be reactive to certain things they hear. We're so used to being buttons being pushed and we think now it's time to talk about ourselves. Now it's time to fill the void. Now I should educate someone. See, we think it's our obligation to carry the conversation. That's why it's almost feels weird to even like just. No, just I love it. Present. No, it's not weird. I love it. This is so refreshing. You have no idea how much I love this. I happen to be, I want to keep talking to my, about myself a bare minimum here. I have to be a meditator. I've been doing meditation since 2006 when I ran into my teacher. And it seems to me that in order to get to this place that you're talking about, to get the people you're training because they've been so used to doing things a different way, is there some practice you teach them? Obviously, they're not born in that loving, heart-centered, no judgment, no agenda place that your beautiful son. Is there an internal practice that you teach them to get there? Well, most people have their heart in the right place. They want to help people. They're, they're ethical and they're trustworthy. That, I assume, most people have. And those people come to me with that already, which, which is oh. good. But that has no value if you don't know how to convey that to the other person in a way that did not say to them that I'm doing this to make the sale. So what we have done is figure out how to stay centered in their world as long as necessary until they give you the magic phrase and words, which is this, how can you help me? So you have, you do not permission to discuss your solution until they say to you, how do you work? This is so great. So, ladies and gentlemen, did you get what he said? You don't even have permission to discuss your solution until they say, how do you work? Or talk about you. This conversation is not about you. See, we think it's a relationship building call. Oh, how are you? Nice to meet you. Where are you from? Really? See, we're working so hard for them to like us. And the truth is they don't even want, they don't want to become your friend. They want their problem solved. <laughs> Wow. In fact, they, 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 don't, they don't have to like you and still work with you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm laughing. It's the laugh of recognition. And it's, it's, it's you, if I can give you another compliment. I'm just I'm throwing them your way because I really love you. Uh, it's amazing. This interview you're giving is gold. I, people, the more you listen to this interview, I'm sure folks are going to listen to this multiple times. What I love is you're like the kid in the story of the emperor's new clothes. You know that story where yeah. my mom taught me that story as a kid where the emperor's got his, his naked. He's wearing his suit of new clothes. And everyone was saying, oh, I love the clothes. But the, the kid has the innocence to say the emperor is naked. And you're calling out the whole bullshit of the sales industry and saying, you're naked. This is not how it works. What do you think are, are the biggest challenges for people who, are, who want to learn this and really master it? So when people come into this, what, what are the biggest challenges they have to mastering what you're teaching? Because it is so very different and stands so outside of the traditional ways they're taught. How do you help them get out of the old way of thinking? Look, I am a contrarian. I admit it. Everything I do is the opposite of what you believe you should be doing. So if you're uncomfortable with that concept that you'll have a hard time making over the side of the, of the fence, 
But you've got to be open-minded and humble enough to realize that the act of chasing ghosts, not getting calls back, and free consulting, all these typical behaviors we've been taught to do unconsciously are destroying your ability to grow your business and be financially comfortable. Uh, then then you've you know, you got to be ready to make the move. Now, this is a transformation. This requires coming in and saying, okay, I'm starting again. What do we have to eliminate from our thinking uh, to clear the plate, to clear the hard drive out, to add in new thinking, to make this thing work? Now, the nice thing about this process is we're just borrowing, essentially, the medical model. I like to, like seeing a doctor. What's, what's their process? First thing is you have to call to make an appointment with them, right? And you schedule on your calendar extra half an hour. I guess the driving time takes a while of traffic. Now, you don't invoice them for your time, do you? No, you just schedule the time to conform with them. Then you show up in the, in the, in the wedding room. And what do you, what's the wedding room called? The wedding room for a reason. You have to wait. And then you don't invoice them. <laughs> and then you, you, you walk in and the first thing it says to you is, where does it hurt? And you, he unpacks the issue, gets an x-ray, shows it to you. You feel the sense of clarity and relief that finally somebody understands the problem. Then he writes a prescription to you for you and you walk out the door but you don't go to your car first you go where to one more spot you you go to the front desk and you pay you pay the doctor not for solving your problem you pay for clarity on the problem yeah you still leave it it still hurts so think about that but what are we doing selling we're taught to write the prescription the minute we sense the problem personality. We ask a few questions, of course, qualifying questions. Then we go right into, I can help you with that. Let me show you how. Yeah. And that's where the whole thing fumbles and breaks down right there, and it gets dysfunctional real fast. Wow. This has been, I personally, I'm going to watch and listen to this multiple times. In fact, I'm going to get it transcribed. I shit you not. And I, I recommend that people who are listening to this don't just download it to listen to it, watch it multiple times. Get it transcribed because you have dropped so many pearls. I'm using metaphors, pearls of wisdom, gold nuggets. It's been a genuine honor to have you on the show. Please indulge us and and tell us how can people continue to stay in contact with you? Is there anything? What is the name of your new book coming out, sir? It's called The One Call Sale. And when does that come out? Hopefully later on this year. I'm still working on it. Uh, but I'm delivering it right now to all my private clients. are getting all this IP in advance, getting results now. But if you want to execute this and learn this quickly, just go to unlockthegame.com. It's like it sounds. It's a free master class there. You can watch it on video right away, or you can get my book, which is Unlock the Sales Game. I've had for 18 years, a bestseller. It has a lot of my language in there you can use right away I'm to, get, to get results. Uh, and then most importantly, if it resonates with you at a deep level, like I think it is with you, Paul, then you got to step forward and ask for help, and we can begin to work and help people, help you kind of deconstruct this, let go of what you're holding on to from the past, and kind of reframe it so it becomes part of who you are. And now what happens is your conversion rate goes from whatever it is right now to 100%. That's my goal for my clients is 100% conversion rate if they're uh, uh, the right fit for you. And that's where the whole business model changes and the results start to go skyrocket because you realize it's not about how many leads you get anymore, but how many you convert. And when you surgically fix that problem, the rest takes care of itself. This has been mind-blowing. 
mind-blowing. It's genius. And what's touched me most about this story is the way in which the gift of your son opened your heart and he has been your guide and your mentor. And that enabled you to open your intellect and see things with an innocent eyes and through a, a innocent heart. I don't think uh, if you had had a child who is not down syndrome that you would have been able to do this. I don't want to presume I'm uh, I, I forgive me if that's incorrect, but I think that miraculous gift was what able to use. Yes. Is that correct? Or am I stepping on you? I don't mean to step. Absolutely. On you. I would not have seen this until I experienced him. Wow. This, uh, this has been an absolute blessing. Thank you so much for appearing on the influencer's edge. My other guests coming up will be hard-pressed to match this, uh, but we'll, we'll manage to bring the best cutting-edge people every week and, and do the best we can. Thank you, Ari. Uh, bless your heart and bless your family. You've shared genius with us today. So thanks much, sir. Thank you, Paul. The Influencer's Edge is brought to you by the Invisible Influence Series. If you're ready to massively increase your sales by leveraging the power of subconscious persuasion, then make sure you text the word COMPEL to 411-321. That's COMPEL to 411-321. And if you're outside of the United States, then use WhatsApp and text the word COMPEL to 1. 909-741-1321. Make sure you put in your best email address because that's how we'll deliver the goodies. Thank you for tuning in to the Influencer's Edge, where you get the latest breakthroughs, cutting-edge insights, tools, and techniques so you can leapfrog over the pack at sales, influence, and persuasion. Remember to visit our website at www.theinfluencersedge.com to enjoy even more great episodes like this one. We look forward to seeing you again on The Influencers Edge Show.